The 397th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL wins totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to episode 397 of the sport, MMA Gambling Podcast. I'm messing up again. MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm going to dedicate this to all of the prelim fighters last night, all the prelim winners, let's make that, last night at UFC and ESPN, Luke A versus Tosan. Not to the main card fighters, because that um, didn't make me look so hot in the end, but it did make my co-host look pretty good, because in the end, after my blazing start, he ended up pulling ahead at the end. I think it was like a tortoise in the hare situation last night. Let's bring him in. He's neither a tortoise nor a hare. He's a Gumby though. He's a Daniel Gumby Breland. Hello. Yeah, a couple of couple of main card underdogs uh, were yes. barking for me, which was kind of nice. And uh, what ones that we actually should have been better. Like let's let's talk about that. You know, uh, I yep. I wound up <laughs> I wound up ten and three, and you wound up nine and four, and all at the yep. end of that. We both should have been one higher. It should have been 11 and two and 10 and three for you. Cause that man, dude, that, and it shouldn't put a damper on the night because not only, not only did, did. not only did we predict so many of these fights, right. Um, we predict the way that they would be right. Like I said, Marcus McGee going to go out there and starch him in a round. You know, I said, (laughs) Luana, great knockout. Yeah. I said, Luana Santos everybody's got to watch it. I went back and listened because I was pretty sure I said something about her overhand right. And I was like, her overhand right is going to stun Juliana Miller. And sure enough, it did. You know, I said AJ Dobson's length is going to be too much for uh, Tefan Chukwe and he is going to gain momentum as the fight goes on. Dolgarian is a beast mode. Like, just like hit after hit after hit after hit. And then like in that fight, I felt like I dialed it up perfect. I was like, Hakeem Daudu does not finish people. He might get hit hard a couple of times, but he's going to put better volume on him. He's going to win a decision. You know, my prop of the week was actually that it went to decision. So I got, I got that right in the grand scheme of things, but then they read those cards and I'm like, I I called this fight so perfectly. And then to see, you know, and there were a couple of uh, bet slips in the discord where uh, Dawudo was the missing piece. So that's like a huge bummer for uh, all the bad beats in there. I, I just don't, I don't get the slightest idea how you, you score that fight to Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson didn't score that fight for Cub Swanson. No, no, it was a uh, almost what 99% a striking battle and that would do outstruck him every round. By He's faster, volume and, which is what we thought. Yeah, Not just by volume. He was hurting him more. He, he had him limping. He, you know, he, he, his shot seemed to be landing harder yet. He lost, he lost every round. Uh, if, if you go through the, uh, just <laughs> scorecards, uh, a judge had Swanson winning at least every one of those three rounds because their scorecards were all over the map. That's why. And don't get me wrong. I did give Swanson the third. And I think Swanson won the third because he knew he was down to nothing. You know, yeah, like he, he swarmed he, at he swarmed at the end. It was basically would, his his burst at the end that won it for him. Probably it wasn't the takedown as dumb announcers would like to say. It was yeah, uh, but like he know, went he, for he was it. going for the finish. Yeah, and he went for it, and that's what won him the fight because he was like afraid he was about to lose a decision. He was sure he was about to lose a decision, 
And like he he didn't, uh, which I, I mean, I don't know if that's it's good or bad that he thought he was going to lose and did that swarm. But like, man, dude, that's that was a pretty wild scorecard. It, it just makes no sense. That's the thing about it. it. I wouldn't even say it was a close fight. It wasn't a blowout fight, but it was not like it was. It was pretty clear. Like Swanson was got hurt in the first round, yet judges had him winning the first round. He was the first round was when he was limping bad, right? Because he was getting his leg right, 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 laid up. Yeah. And then the second round, the second round was close. Um, yeah, maybe you could give him Swanson in the second round, and, and maybe the third, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I, I would it was say a bummer. If, that's for if sure. you did have to give Swanson a second round, obviously, like I said, the third, I, I think you could maybe, maybe try to justify giving him the second because he landed that big right hand that that seemed to wobble Dawudo for a second. But like the thing about that is, is like, okay, he, he did land the one most impactful strike, but like otherwise he was badly outstruck for the whole round. And, and like, just because one big punch seems to do a lot of damage, like isn't enough to sway the whole round in my opinion, or at least it shouldn't have been in this case. So uh, yeah, I, I Man, it, whoever gave Cub the first, though, needs to have uh, their eyes checked. Well, the first round, he was limping and he got bloodied up, right? His nose got all busted up. Correct, correct. And uh, Ron McCarthy gave it to him and Jacob yeah. Montalvo gave it. So two of the three judges gave him the first round. But Talvo is one of those ones who refs and judges, too, which is... Uh, right, right, right. Man, that's, I don't have any How faith in him, him at all. You can't, uh, you can't give him the first round. No, you just can't. A, that's a bad scorecard. Yeah, I wonder... I, because I thought Dawoodoo was a fellow Canadian, but when the, when the uh, Joe Martinez said the pride of uh, oh, where's he from and where's Cub from again? Um, South South uh, uh, South California. Yeah, no, he said Palm Beach. Uh, Palm Beach. I oh, think Palm, Beach. Palm Springs. Yeah. Sorry, the pride of Palm Springs. Is like, wait a minute, because like I that, had, that can't I, be him. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna and like Dawoodoo's move. Like I was as I'm destroying my table here. I was gonna. Uh, I was just going to skip through the decision because it was so clear cut, but apparently it wasn't. So yeah, that was, that really brought me down. And then the main event didn't go my way either. So uh, I, I that, stayed. That was, a, that was at least, that up. was at least a fun fight though. Both of them yeah, actually for a, that matter. They're both fun fights. Fights I lose on aren't too much fun though, but anyhow, let's, uh, let's dive into the rest of the fights after I tell you about a new sponsor of ours. Exciting game time is here. Um, game time takes the stress out of buying tickets. Because ticket buying, when I was a kid, ticket buying was like you'd have, you'd get on the phone and you'd have to call, and like you wouldn't be able to get through, and it, it was a hassle getting tickets and uh, sporting for sporting events or concerts or, or whatever. And I, I'm sure it's still a hassle if you're a Taylor Swift fan and you try to get tickets online. But game time takes the stress out of that because uh, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with Killer Dios on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets, start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Like I checked the app today and they had Blue Jay tickets available as like 10 minutes before the game was going to start. Are they playing in Boston? I think they're playing Boston, aren't they, Dan? Not, One of not your today. Teams? Not, not today. No? They're okay. playing. They're playing because Boston just beat Detroit. They're playing the, the Cubs. Cubs. They're playing the Cubs. Cubs. Yes. Yeah. And, and I should have bought tickets because the Jays won 11-4. So I should have bought tickets from, from uh, game time for that. So anyhow, I, I checked out the app. It's very cool. It shows you, photos of where your seats are which is another cool thing that they didn't have when i was a boy let me tell you so you can see exactly what type of a view you have of the field or the stage or whatever you're going to so that part is very cool on game time as well um game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event 
Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Boom. Here's what you need to do. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Maybe you can get UFC Boston tickets, Dan. You might be able to get UFC Boston. I mean, it, you're going to need them as cheap as possible when it comes exactly. to, uh, to the prices I'm seeing for these things. Because, like, even though they've lost a fight or two, uh, those prices not going down. <laughs> yep, it is true. All right, last night they were in the Apex. Didn't have to worry about buying tickets for that. It was UFC and ESPN, Luque versus Dos Anjos. Um, and the main event, I whiffed on gumby hit a slight underdog here that was one of his his aforementioned dogs that he had was plus 105 when we locked him in on the show vincente luque very measured approach it wasn't his berserker style maybe um having your brain bleed uh changes your approach who knows but he looked no worse of for the wear after taking a year off and uh and being um having a serious injury there he took care of rda rafael dos anjos my pick 49 46 48 47 48 47 um, I was quite frustrated watching this fight because Dos Anjos um, seemed, and the, even the announcers, when the announcers mentioned how he was doing good in striking and, you know, he was laying some punches, he immediately would rush into a clinch situation or rush into uh, trying to get a takedown. And he was losing, uh, losing the grappling, losing the clinch battles. He was doing okay on the feet, but yet he decided he had to clinch and grapple as much as he could. Maybe that was a fatigue thing, as someone in the Discord mentioned, maybe. He is getting up there in years. Maybe uh, five round uh, fights at a at a super fast striking pace isn't something he can he can do anymore. But anyhow, it was frustrating for me. I'm sure uh, Gumby had a better time watching him than I did. You know, I just think it in general it was a fun fight because even when I was like, there are moments that RDA is making me sweat a little bit because he's still, man, dude, I don't know how he still hits that hard at that age. I mean, I guess power is the last thing to go, but he's still pretty quick and and strong at his age. Which, which is nuts to me because anybody 170 pounds and under, they start getting to 38, 39 years old. And, you know, he was he was always a 155-pounder. So he's like a guy trying to save his career, moving up a weight class, damn near pushing 40, well past his prime. And the dude's still got it. You got to give it to him uh, for being that hard of an out for Vicente Luque. And I will just say this, like, I'm really glad. And I know I've given this breakdown a while uh, when we've seen injuries or we've seen other people who uh, had t- taken time off for various reasons. And I was just like, you have to pick based on what Luke has looked like in the past. And, and up until that knockout, he's looked good. And so, like, you just have to hope that same version of him is in there, that same good version. And that same good version showed up. And that's, like, really exciting to me. You always don't want to see, like, a deteriorated fighter in there. So, like, it's good that that the old school Luke's in there. And, you know, there's still plenty of fun fights for him, even if you don't think he's got a title run in him. Yeah, he probably doesn't. I wouldn't say at this point. But, hey, that's a, not every fighter in the UFC can have a title fight in him. He's still a fight night headliner worthy uh, level fighter. So, uh, he is back. I am not with that pick. We already talked about the co-main event. That was the Dawadu whiffing on that. Now he's lost two straight and three or four. I assume they're going to keep him around, especially after that, after that loss. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe he should get more mean. He, if he's supposed to be mean, Hakeem, maybe he should like, 
you know, really start finishing people. Or may, yeah, maybe, it's not, maybe. maybe he doesn't have that kind of power. Who knows? I, I, I um, just think he doesn't have that kind of style. Like, like yeah. he doesn't sit down on his punches all that much. Right. So, like, I, he's not going for the knockout. It's the bigger thing. Yep, it's true. Very true. Uh, light heavyweights. We hit this one. Khalil Roundtree Jr. took care of Chris Dawkins. TKO punches. He didn't even hit him flush. It hit him with a jab. A pretty pretty solid jab. Two forty in, into the well, about two thirty. We'll say into the into the fight, and then finished him up on the ground. Um, Dawkins took his gloves off, but there is no announcement that he has retired. We had Roundtree at minus one eighty. Roundtree is on a roll. Uh, let me tell you, I know that uh, Roundtree on a roll sounds good. Maybe that will be uh, the name of the, of the episode. But yeah, he's on a roll. Dawkins is not. Dawkins probably should retire since he seems to not be able to take a punch anymore. You know, he he looked good in this fight. He was fast. His body looked good. Um, but none of that matters if you can't take a punch. Yeah, I um I, I do agree with you. I think it's probably time after you've been knocked out four times in a row by like really hard punchers to like really think about what you're doing here. At the very least, he needs a very long time off. Like a very because that's that's four in in about 20 months. He's been knocked out viciously. Um, and, and like, you know, like I said, these knockouts are cumulative. They build up on you. Um, I'm also going to just buck what you said a little bit about Roundtree being on a roll. I, I know it's a win streak. He definitely lost to Justin Jacoby. Like he definitely oh, lost that don't fight. Oh, do, don't do revisionist uh, history and, here. And I love, I love Cleo Roundtree. I love his story. I love uh, all of the like nice things he says about like uh, mental health awareness. Like all that stuff is awesome. And then him uh, winning that fight is still bums me out. Um, he love beat down hardcore music. I don't. I still don't know what that is. <laughs> um, Neither do I really. But but with that being ahead. said, yeah, like it, it's he's gonna get a big opponent for this win, right? Like this is going to. I, I mean, like you have to imagine he's gonna get a top ten guy, right? Um, yeah. He, he would and, hope so. You know, like I'm I'm looking at the rankings. You know, a lot of these guys are already booked, but like. I don't know if Nikita Krylov's got a dance partner, but like him versus Nikita Krylov right now sounds pretty damn good to me. He he does deserve a step up for sure. Um, I'm checking the I do performance rankings on the Substack. Make sure you subscribe, moneymma.substack.com. I'm checking where I have him after last night. Roundtree's up to sixth in uh, light heavyweight because he's won four straight fights. Uh, so yeah, he's right in the Johnny Walker Anthony Smith, Nikita Krylov range. So yeah, Krylov yeah. probably would be a good call, Gumby. Yeah, I, 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 he's way, he's like way up the official rankings on him. Um, yeah. But like, if if you're gonna put, I mean, I guess Vulcan Ozdemir would be a good one too. But I'm pretty sure he's got a fight booked for uh, for Paris, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, although maybe the time frames will work out on that, somebody like somebody of that stature would be really great for him. Yeah, Krylov's got nothing. Ozdemir is fighting. In about three weeks against Azmat Mirzakhanov in Paris, like you said. Although I think Mer- didn't Mirzakhanov pull out of that fight? Uh, maybe this is. And now he's he's uh, fighting. Yes, you're right. Yeah, ba- Bogdan Guskov. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Newcomer. Yeah, there you go. All right. So yeah. Anyhow, Roundtree. Um, on the way up, Dawkins. We're uh, if he doesn't retire, we're we're uh, cutting him, right? Unless he, yeah, we're, he's either, we're either cutting him or soup. I mean, we've always said you get two cracks at a new weight class. Um, and and like, it it almost seems crazy that they'd give him another one here, but if they give him anybody who throws a powerful punch, anybody in that light heavyweight division who throws with heat, like fade him. Yep. It is true. Uh, we didn't fade Pollyanna Viana. Maybe we should have. She didn't look so hot. 
last night against Yasmin Lucindo, women's strawweight fight. Lucindo, I, I think maybe we were downplaying her as well. She, or at the very least, she's improved because she looked good last night. Arm triangle choked. Vienna, Vienna basically was uh, was done by that point. Um, could barely tap out. Uh, she qu- she quit. Four, yeah, three Let, forty-two in the second round. Yeah, she quit. <laughs> yeah. So w- w- should have followed what people say in the Discord. You don't bet on the baddies, but w- we did bet on the baddies in, in a few fights, and he came through. But anyhow, you don't bet on the baddies, and the the baddie lost here, and Yasmin Lucindo came through. You know what I think we misjudged in this fight is just how freaking strong Yasmin Lucindo is. Because I went back and watched that fight because I was like, why did I have such a bad read on Pollyanna Viana? Um, this being one of only two fights I missed. And the other one I said I was just, you know, taking a crap shot at a, a big underdog. So, like, I, I went back and watched that one. And after the first grappling exchange with Yasmin Lucindo, Viana looked scared. Um, and I think she just felt how strong Yasmin Lucindo was and was like, oh, shit, uh, this is going to be a lot harder than I think it is. And then she ate a big, heavy punch in there, too. And I think she was like, well, where do I go now? Because being in the clinch with her and being on top of her, she's stronger than me and is going to tire me out. Uh, and so then, like, I think she started looking for a way out uh, and then she found it. So I, I think uh, I think both Viana and us underestimated uh, the pure strength of Lucindo, and it uh, it clearly came back to bite both of us. Yep, uh, Lucindo looked good, and she wants Carolina Kowalkovitz next. I just saw that headline. Yeah, sure, why not? Sure, why not? All right, um, I missed on this one. Gumby hit it. I didn't know Tefan and Chuku was going to come in fat, and he came in over late 189 and a half. You're surprised that that dude missed weight. <laughs> <laughs> He came, uh, AJ Dobson came through 29, 28 across the board over in Chukwe. Um, Gumby had him as a underdog Dobson, a big one plus plus one twenty-five. You know, Tafon made his, U- or his pro debut at heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's a big guy. He's a big dude. Um, and he's I was smaller, but not small enough. Yeah. And I just think in general too, and, and this is probably why he's made his way all the way down to middleweight at this point in time is. I think the way he fights and the way he he's got a long reach. If you look at it on paper, right? It's 77 inches on paper, but like, it's not functional reach. It's all chest. It's like with Brock Lesnar had the greatest reach in the UFC. It was like, yeah, but he's got these like little stubby arms and they measure all the way across your chest. And that dude has got like, you know, a entire door frames worth of a chest. So like, I think Tapon Chukwe just like fights like a short guy. And that's going to be a lot of trouble with a lot of these long uh, middleweights and props to AJ Dobson for the way he fought him too, because like, you know, he could have gone in there and gotten his chin checked, but instead he did a great job of managing range. So I'm actually a lot higher on Dobson after that fight. He he looked pretty damn good. He saved his UFC career with that win. Uh, And Chukwe is going to be out the door now. That's three straight losses and four out of five. And it is, Tender series season, so and it's and it's losing to a guy who is on a two fight losing streak, and and he's lost four out of his last five, and uh, his only win is against the guy who is not no longer in the UFC. Pile on, dude, and he missed weight, and his pro record is six and four. Yeah, like he's he's gone. Missing weight, yeah, yeah, missing weight. I forgot about that. That is definitely the final nail. Sorry, hey, we're not we're not cheering for it. We're just stating facts we are cheering for the sports gambling podcast patreon though sign up for the patreon to get access to exclusive contests including the nfl win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize besides season-long contests they also 
have weekly contests just for the Patreons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There is even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All right, and to conclude the main card, another fighter who missed weight, 189, for a 185 pound fight, uh, Josh Framed actually won his fight, and we had we're in on him. So this um, this shows uh, Jamie Pickett is not up to snuff. We're cutting him as well. Um, Jamie Pickett lost 30 27th across the board to Josh Framed. I think that's like what four straight losses for Pickett or something ridiculous like five straight maybe. Four four straight, four straight. six eight. Uh, and it's yeah. only two wins were decision wins over guys who aren't in the UFC anymore. I don't know why they were so hyped on this guy because they brought him back for contender series three times. <laughs> yep. um, he got beat by Charles Bird in the first one who, who wound up not being like all that great in the UFC. Um, then he got beat by Puna Soriano, who's kind of, you know, maybe that age that win aged a little less good. And then he beat Jonathan Potty, um, who is who's an eight and six pro. Um, he doesn't even have like a good, real particularly good record. Uh, and so like, and then they were like, yeah, sign us up for more Jamie Pickett. And then he got knocked out by Jordan, Wright. Like, um, it, it's kind of weird that there is high on him and he's gotten as many chances as he has, but that, that one should be the last one. Yep. Anything to say about friend? Got nah, I mean like, yeah, he got the, he did the things he was supposed to do to beat a guy like that. Minus three, three, three we got on him. So when he went two and four on the main card, the main card really sunk my night. Uh, Gumby went four and two. So it was a flip of fortunes, and that's what helped Gumby pull through in the end. All right, prelims. This is where I smoked everything. Bantamweight main event, Marcus McGee took care of JP Bides. Bent him in half with a knockout punch, 219 in the first round. Didn't want to follow up, but the ref almost made him follow up, even though... Um, it would have been hard to punch buys in the position he was in. He was like folded in half, like a, uh, a letter a, um, so anyhow, good win for McGee. McGee's looking like a very solid fighter. Yeah. I wish he wasn't a prospect at 33. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like he, that's looks, a, he looks twice that age. Yeah. He, well, he looks twice that age. Cause I found out he has four kids. So that, that'll yeah, do that's it. Right. He does. Um, yeah, he's yep. got a boatload of kids. Um, but yeah, no, he's looked amazing in his two fights in the UFC. I hope he gets a big step up in competition. Um, also I went back and watched that stoppage. That stoppage was weird because if you go back and you watch it, he lands the big shot. Baze goes down. He's like, I'm not going to punch him again. And the ref actually steps in. I don't know if you see this, the ref steps in and he pushes Marcus McGee in the chest to like get away from JP Baze which I think in the yeah. original angle, you can't really see that. Like, it just looks like the ref is just like kind of close, but he actually pushes him in the chest. And then he, he doesn't wave his hands until Baze gets up and like headbutts the cage. Uh, and then he's like, Oh, this is over. And it's like, yeah, gee, man, thanks. Like, uh, I mean, McGee has been telling us it was over for a while. So, uh, yeah, weird stoppage, uh, weird fight. Uh, but yeah, McGee is, McGee is clearly the real deal at Bantamweight. If, Hey, if, if he and Mario Batista hadn't trained at the same gym, I'd be signing him up for the Cody Garbrandt replacement at UFC 292. Right. Yeah. So that um, that was Herb Dean was probably at the side of the cage clapping that stoppage. That was Herb <laughs> Dean special. Jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. Don't stop it. Kind of stop it. Yeah. Classic. Classic Dean. All right. Uh, Terrence McKinney did what he had to do and what we hoped he would do. Uh, just blitzed Mike Breeden. Mike Breeden 
not on this level. Oh, JP Bias, he's out of here as well, Dan. We're, we're yeah, he's, firing lots of people today. He's he's 0 4. Am I wrong? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Mike Braden has now he's 0 3 in the UFC. He's gone and he did not look on this level uh, last night. Uh, he was also 0 1 on contender series. <laughs> yeah. McKinney blitzed him 125 into the first round, took care of him. Didn't really, we didn't learn anything about this. McKinney got a payday and got a, the losing taste out of his mouth, but that's pretty much all that happened. Yeah, he looks like Terrence McKinney does really yeah, freaking good exactly. in round one. But it's also worth noting somebody on this uh, podcast mm-hmm. had Terrence McKinney by first round knockout. Is this prop of the week? Not knockout, but yeah, first round. Fi- oh, a first round finish. Yes. Oh, Minus first round finish. That's Thank right. you very much. Because yeah, we, we, kept, we kept the submission in, the, in there too. Right. Yep. Yes. A big minus 150 for a, a very specific prop. Um, featherweights, Isaac Dalgarian, he made us look like geniuses. Actually, I just I just uh, tailed Gumby on this one. So he made Gumby look like more of a genius than normal. Took care of Francis Marshall. TKO elbows, 448 in the first round. He just, he took him down and then uh, he, he was not complacent on the ground. He really grounded out that win. Um, just pounded Francis Marshall out. 130, uh, we had him at plus 138. Yeah, I was all over his wrestling and ground and pound here. And also to do that to Francis Marshall, who's a decent wrestler in his own right. Man, I, I think Dolgarian is going to be a problem for people at Featherweight. Hope, hopefully, yeah. He, he looked very good last night. So um, this is the baddies that we we bet on and came through. Martin Baddies Boudet at Heavyweight took care of Josh Breezen. Uh, Kimura, 4-11 into the first round. Breezen. We're firing him as well, Dan. He doesn't. We don't want to see him anymore. Here we have Boudet at minus two eighteen. I don't think you can fire him. I I think he's he's got something on Dana White, much like Chase <laughs> Chase Jim and Chase Sherman. Uh, I guess well, he's only lost two straight at heavyweight. That's no big deal. And three of but, four. That's that, but, that'll keep you around, actually. Four of six, and his only two wins are against guys who've been fired. A split yep. with a split with Roque Martinez and a, a TK over Allen Bordeaux. Um, and lost, and he got his face humped by Don Tail Mays. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the face humping. Yeah, he, um, he probably should have quit hmm. at that point. Like, any, anybody humps your face in a fight, you probably should just let it <laughs> lay their gloves down. Basically, yeah, we didn't learn anything from this fight either. Um, what I didn't I learn this, maybe, but maybe, maybe Baddies goes for it when Baddie goes for it. He's he's a bad man, yeah, that's true. He's he a like, Baddies man. Cause, cause like when he, he was throwing punches on the feet and hurting them and getting after it. And he doesn't always do that. That's true. It It is uh, depressing that in the year of our Lord, 2023, still like a large chunk of the UFC heavyweight uh, weight class are just out of shape, light heavyweights and out of shape middleweights. <laughs> and middleweights. Like so a lot of these guys could be even be tr- cut down to middleweight, like Jerry Cannonier. So that's, I don't know. It, it, you would have thought the sport would have uh, progressed at this point, but no, I guess not. Um, all right, women's strawweights. Jacqueline Amarin. I didn't give up on her. Gumby did. I guess you had to pick Montserrat Ruiz because she, uh, <laughs> she's my girl. <laughs> she, she's your girl. Uh, she uh, Jacqueline Amarin made made her her girl last night. TKO elbows and punches. Three forty one in the third round. She dominated this whole fight on the ground. What we were hoping to see from her to begin with, we had her at minus two thirty eight. No, yeah. I had her. Excuse me, <laughs> I had her minus three. Mon- Montserrat. Uh, I, I'm still profitable. On betting on Montserrat Ruiz, by the way, if I put a hundred dollars on yep. Montserrat Ruiz in every single one of her fights, I'd uh, I'd have a thirty-three percent return on investment at the current moment. So uh, I appreciate all she's done for me. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> it does feel really good that that Amorim is exactly what we thought she was, um, in that that debut was just a blip on the radar. 
Um, it's it's good to see both her and Bruna Brazil, who are both so high on and then look so terrible in their debuts, like figure it out. Because that's what they both did. They both figured yeah. it out. And I said I was saying her name wrong. It was Jacqueline Amarim. It kind of rhymes. Um, all right. Yeah, she looked really good. So looking forward to her, especially at Strawweight. She could eat up some people w- with her strength on the ground. Um, one thing we, we did mention, didn't like um, how she uh, was. She is um, too confident in her jujitsu that she's willing to like you know be on her back and and pull guard and stuff like that. We don't. That's gonna that. that's gonna screw her if she fights somebody like. Uh... You know, like Kanako Murata or something like that. Somebody who's just outside of the top 15, but also like is a beast mode wrestler. Um, and, and there's quite a few really nice wrestlers, uh, even as you get into the rankings. But even before that, um, and if she's just like comfortable being on the bottom, she's going to lose to a lot of them. Yep. So hopefully she fixes that up. Uh, this one went well as, as well. Uh, these all went well for me. What am I saying? Uh, Bantamweights, Damon Blackshear. Submission, a twister, only the third twister ever. 347 to the first round over Jose, Jose Johnson. We had Blackshear at minus 175. We didn't see a twister coming, though. No, I, we thought maybe a finish, though. And, and he looked good. And like I said to Jose Johnson, he looks like he's made real improvements in his grappling game. But, uh, you know, he, he just hasn't made those kinds of leaps yet. And he was doing this on short notice. So, like, even if he made it out of that position that dude was going to be wiped from that, that first three or four minutes there. So, um, yeah, Blackshear seems like he's a decent prospect. I, I, again, short notice, Jose Johnson, maybe we don't put too much stock into it, but like, I don't know, maybe he's a little better than we think he is. Maybe we shall see. Um, and then the opener, Luana Santos did what Crushed we hoped it. she would do. Crushed Juliana, <laughs> Juliana Miller did what we expected her to do. Looked horrible on the feet. We're cutting her as well. TKO. She got TKO punches. Uh, she was flailing, doing the. Um, actually, she was making um, that uh, that person who is champ. Everyone makes fun of her striking. What's her name again? She's really annoying. Jessica. Not Jessica. What the she, hell? Are you? She, uh, she, she knocked out. Um, she knocked out Amanda Noons. <laughs> oh, freaking Juliana Pena. <gasps> Juliana Pena. Yeah, she she was doing the Juliana. Juliana Miller was doing the Juliana. You know Pena she was on. I, I know you don't watch the Ultimate Fighter anymore. You know she was on Team no. Juliana Pena, right? Oh well, that makes total sense then, because she's yeah. striking like her it, last night. Yeah, and she's they're both insufferable. <laughs> there you go. You don't like Killer Miller either. Oh no, she was. Uh, I I didn't find her particularly her personality particularly fun on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, she was not a compelling character to me. Uh, but with that being said, I also just don't think she's like UFC level yet. And I think they did a disservice in that season of the Ultimate Fighter in that they found a bunch of like three and one and two and one and four and zero oh women to fight. Like Claire Guthrie is an okay prospect, but she needs like four or five more fights in Invicta and you know, like Brogan Walker was like by far the most experienced person on that season. And even she needed more seasoning before she could go to the UFC. And so like, they just found so many women who you were like, Oh, well, you know, her grappling looked really good in the house. And like, it was immediately clear to me. She couldn't be any flyweight in the UFC. Uh, like there, there's not a single flyweight. I would pick Juliana Miller over, and like probably a handful of Invicta ones, I would not pick her over. And so like to to just force her into the UFC at three and one, because like 
there wasn't a good crop of people who signed up for the ultimate fighter. I mean, like I, I think they did her and the show a disservice in that season. Um, because yeah, she, she's just not, she's not ready for this level. And that's not to say she might not be one day, but she's not now. You're out of here. We're firing you. We fired lots of people down. We're not very nice here. But I think they um, should fire her a la Kay Hansen. So, like, when yes. they let Kay Hansen go, it was, like, it was in Kay Hansen's best interest. You know, like, if if I was Kay Hansen's manager at that point, I would be like, hey, let's go talk to the UFC, see if we can keep you under contract and also go fight two or three in Invicta before we figure this out. Because, like, just yeah. watching you get smoked by a 5 and one newcomer who's so clearly better than you – uh it's just like it's not gonna work it's not gonna help you develop um and also just like all the things she was daniel cormier just like uh, running off all the things she said to him fight week she's like my striking has gotten so much better and it might have but that shows (laughs) how far it had to come you know what i mean yep so that concludes the event Started off so great for me. It didn't end so well. I went nine and four. Gumby went 10 and three, but we both made money on our hundred dollars in every bet picks. Um, I won a little over a hundred. Gumby won 390 almost. So on oh. the year, I'm at 58%. You're at 55. Um, I am 600 bucks ahead of you. So there you go. And we still, time, we, and we both hit our locks and we both, yep, hit, our we both hit our locks. McGee inside the distance was Gumby's. Santos was mine. I, I even picked a whiffed. prop for my lock. <laughs> I know. He's so arrogant. We both whiffed on Deanna. Uh, he had Swanson Dabudu decision at plus money, plus 100. I had McKinney round one, which was only minus 150, sadly. Uh, and we got half of the, well, you got half of the uh, Hungry Man Jong, as per usual. Santos inside the distance. Baddies, Boudet did that was, not get a decision victory. I hit the hard that part. That was a bad call. 375. Uh, I hit the hard part of that one. It's true. So that is the event. Uh, we had no fight of the night. We had four performance winners. Clear Roundtree, Junior, Yasmin Lucindo, Marcus McGee, Damon Blackshear were the winners. Hot take. We got a big event. Hot take. Great, yes. great finishes all the way across the card. Really hard yep. to pick people who won. I'm taking Lucindo off there. I'm putting Isaac Dalgarian on there. Yep. Like, not that Lucindo's performance wasn't good, but she had an opponent, like, quit on her, and, like, she just tired her out. And, like, Dolgarian absolutely crushed his opponent, like, broke his cauliflower ear open, like, mean ground and pound, beast mode wrestler. He was also, I don't think we talked about this during the fight, and I don't mean to go back to one. He took him down and then he like picked his body up and dragged it to the center of the cage, being right. like, no, 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 you're not using the cage on me. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and then beat yep. the crap out of him in the middle of the cage. Like, th- that's a high level performance. That dude deserved 50K. Yep, it is true. And he could use 50K too. Anyhow, let's, let's um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, does he? Yeah. He, he said in, yeah, I, see, I, I skipped week. a lot of the, oh, yeah, really? No, oh, okay. I interviewed him this week. Said... He's living in an oh, RV. Coming up. Um, really yeah he's uh he's living in an rv because he moved to um he moved to factor ex when glory mma was in all the trouble and he was about to make his debut and he's like i need to be training in a high level gym and so like he left where glory was because he was like i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to train here so he went to factor ex with like kind of no place to live and his girlfriend's a fighter too alexa culpa she's from uh invicta And uh, so they went to Factory X to both train there. And now that they left Glory, 
And he was supposed to make his UFC debut in January. And he's like, cool, this will pay for our housing and all that kind of stuff. And then he tore his knee training with Brandon Royval. And so, like, the paycheck that was going to pay for their rent for the next, like, six to eight months, just gone. Um, and then suddenly he, like, they didn't have any money. So, like, they got an RV and they're living, like, basically in the Factory X parking lot. Yeah, it's it's not a um, glamorous life uh, to be a, a fighter. Even if you're in the UFC, a lot of those people are are barely getting by. Um, we got some people making decent money coming up this week, UFC 2, because it's a pay-per-view. UFC 292, Sterling versus O'Malley. If an insufferable personality like Sean O'Malley doesn't make Aljamain Sterling more popular, I don't know. I guess no one will, right? This is uh, It's a lost cause if people still don't like Aljamain Sterling after going up against this guy. They will hate him. They will hate him yeah. more for beating him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, that is actually this uh, pay per view is a bit of a flux because we have lost a lot of fights. Here's what we have currently um, Aljamain Strand versus Sean O'Malley in the main event for the Bantamweight UFC Bantamweight Championship. Co main event Zhang Weili, the champion at Straw Women's Strawweight versus Amanda Lemos. And then we have Ian Machado Gary versus the last minute replacement Neil Magny. Marlon Vera versus Pedro Munoz. Chris Weidman versus Brad Tavares. <laughs> that one, Hobokov. that one's weird to break down. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll, we'll find out in a few days. Gregory Hobokop. Hot Higaz versus Dennis Tui Luilin. Tui Luilin. Uh, Austin Hubbard. Kurt Hollibaugh. Oh, that is an Ultimate Fighter tournament finale. I was going to say Kurt Hollibaugh's back, but yeah. He is, he is yeah. He show. actually he actually demolished uh, Jason Knight in the uh, the semifinal. Oh, yeah. He was in. He looked really good. Andre Petrosky, our boy, fighting in his uh, in his backyard, basically, right uh, against uh, Gerald Mirchart, Andrea Lee, Natalia Silva, Kareen Killer Silva, and Marina Moroz, and then Maria Batista versus TBA, the who who gets a lot of fights. TBA. I think. I have a uh, pitch for, for TBA here. I hope they give it okay. to Fumi Nakuta. Um, F- Fumi Nakuta is a uh, flyweight, but if he's going to take it on short notice against a bantamweight, that makes all the sense in the world. He's Aljamain Sterling's teammate. He's 6-0. and He's coming off of a win like two weeks ago. Um, and he's just like super fun on the mic and crazy fast. Uh, he'd be a great last second fill-in. All right, there you go. I know the UFC listens for sure. They listen. So uh, that's what we're going to going to be stuffing in your ear holes on Wednesday and Thursday. It will be prelims on Wednesday and then main card and fancy picks on Thursday. Until then we shall be in the discord sports podcast.com slash discord. Where else shall we be? We'll be on Twitter uh, or Gumby will at least uh, be there running our account at SGPN MMA. He's at Gumby Vreeland. I'm at Jeff Fox writer. That's my handle on Instagram as well. Um, I got my Substack. I told you about MondayMMA.substack.com. I will be running a pick'em this coming week for UFC 292. And Gumby's got the Top Turtle MMA podcast where you can hear a lot of the Contender Series people that we're going to be breaking down over the coming weeks on, along with UFC people and and whatnot. Right, Gumby? Yeah, I got another one this week for you. Uh, both a, another one. Yeah, we got a. The aforementioned Kurt Hollibaugh is going to be on uh, the show this week, as well as Mateo Vogel, who will be on Contender Series week. I think he's week four. Fantastic. And then everything good in these spaces at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And obviously, check out the Patreon, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, we'll be back 
in a few hours, in a few minutes, actually, uh, depending on when you listen to this, because we have a contender series to break down. Week two of the contender series, it will be me breaking down the Mid- Midwest Choppa, Jeff Fox, and of course, T Rex, Gumby Breland will be along my side as well. Adios. Thank you.